Hello and welcome back to It's a Musical podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals and we talk about them. I'm the boyfriend. And I'm Tree. Is that how you're introducing yourself from now on? I, I like it. Right. I think I think I found something that sticks. <laughs> how are you today, Drew? I'm good because I'm very excited about the film we're going to be watching today. Because we're watching the 1997 Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella. Okay. I know nothing about this one. Okay. Am I right in thinking, though, that this is our first Rodgers and Hammerstein on the show? Yes, this is our first Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. They've already been referenced on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we've talked about them before. Mostly because Hammerstein is referenced in Love Never Dies. Yeah. Not the same Hammerstein. No, his dad. Yeah. Was his dad also a prolific composer then? He was famous in the musical world, yes. Okay, that's really interesting that it's like a two generations, possibly more thing. Generally, talents like music and the arts are inherited. Yeah. Like, not always. Obviously, there's outliers to that rule, but generally, musicians teach their children to be musicians. But it's the same with a lot of industries. You know, if you're the child of a teacher, you might go into teaching. Yeah. I was telling you (laughs) about... It's true for both of us. It's true for both of us, but also watching Total Divas, you know, I've been telling you that Natty is a generational wrestler, that Mm -hmm. her dad was a wrestler, and she comes from a really big wrestling family, so I think that's true of a lot of things. I have never heard of other composers or, or musical personalities like this where a child follows. Well, like, you've got things in the arts like that all the time. Like, yeah. Picasso's dad was an artist. Is he really? And he gave up when Picasso was 12 or 13. I didn't know that Because either. Picasso was better than him <laughs> at the age of 12. That will do it. Yeah. That will do it. But, yeah, there's loads of things like that. Like, um, I think it's Mozart's sister who was a really talented musician. But got passed by because Mozart was more talented. At a younger age, yeah. I know that because of The Simpsons. Is that in The Simpsons? Yes, they yeah. do an episode of The Simpsons where Bart is Mozart and Lisa is Mozart's uh, sister. That's annoying. <laughs> Considering Lisa's the one with the musical talent. But Mozart's like the bad boy of I guess. classical music, I guess. But their father was a musician as well. Yeah. So it's all generational cool. and familial. So this is our first Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yes. Have you seen a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical before, do you know? I was going to flag this. I know that they did King and I. Yeah. I've not seen that one. Mm-hmm. Did they do Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. I, I saw that in passing when you were watching an episode of Encore on Disney+. Plus. I wasn't yeah. really paying attention because I was playing Animal Crossing. I love that show. There's a lot of those that we're waiting to watch because... Because you haven't seen I them. I haven't seen them. I watched the Grease one with you. That was fun. And I like the idea of the show. I'd so love to do something like that. Mm -hmm. Did they do Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? No, they did not write Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Okay. I... They're old school. Yeah. And I know that much. Mm -hmm. And I had assumed that when I watched Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, it was at Rogers and Hammerstein. Yeah. I guess my limited knowledge of that makes me think that they're composing style might be similar to mm-hmm. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? I guess in the classical musical style of way. Oklahoma was their first musical together, and that was in 1943. Did they do Sound of Music? Yeah. That's Rodgers and Hammerstein. Okay, so I have seen Sound of Music. Yeah, there you go. You have seen a Rodgers and Hammerstein. Okay. 
They did Oklahoma, Carousel, State Fair, South Pacific, King and I, Cinderella, a musical called Flower Drum Song that I've not heard of, and then The Sound of Music. So this Cinderella came before Sound of Music? Yeah. Interesting. I guess Rodgers and Hammerstein is one that I've not really been exposed to because they just seem so old. I guess that's fair. I mean, the the movie versions of a lot of their musicals are very old school looking. Yeah. And so the sound of them is quite old school. This is not I the one that we're going to watch today. I do really appreciate old films. Mm-hmm. I studied film at university. I watched a lot of old Hollywood films. Mm-hmm. I think there's an element of watching them feels more like work for me because they were attached to writing critical essays and dissertations. That makes sense. So when it comes to my leisure, I wouldn't choose one of these, if that makes sense. That is why we're watching this one to start you off with. So This is entry-level Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yeah, I would say so. This is... So originally... Rodgers and Hammerstein wrote this musical, Cinderella, yes. in 1957 yeah. for television. Okay. It was to be aired on CBS, and it was aired March 31st of 1957, starring Julie Andrews. Cool. As Cinderella. Julie Andrews is just a superstar. Of she is, isn't she? but at the sort of time that this was happening, a lot of other musicals had been made into these TV musicals. Yeah. And they were made to have ad breaks and to be shown on, like, a Sunday night to a big audience. They had been approached by NBC to write Cinderella for TV because there'd already been a couple of fairy tale musicals that had come out around the time. And NBC said, we'll give you some money, write us a musical, and we're going to air it. We haven't got a cast yet or anything, but, you know, we'll run it with you. And then CBS rang them up and said, we've got Julie Andrews, do you want to write a musical for us? And they were like, yeah, we're writing Cinderella, let's go with that. So they, so they, they hopped. Okay. Yeah, which is great, I think. But they, the only reason they did it was for the chance to work with Julie Andrews, and they've said that. That's interesting. That's really... So, so this is less a passion project. This is a work project. This is a project, uh, yeah. yeah. They've been paid to... This isn't one that they've toiled over because they're really passionate about the story. No. Do you want to guess at how long it took them to write Cinderella? A week? Oh, no. Like, longer. It's like a... Okay, I thought you were going to say it was a rushed-out job. (laughs) They did it in a day. No. Three months. Seven months. I hate the number seven. I hate... Clearly, you always skip seven. The number seven. It's always... It's always seven. Yes, it is always seven. Took them seven months to write it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they passed over to CBS, who took the reins from there. Did that? Is that no. when they lost attachment? No, not at all. It's their musical. So they were in charge of a lot of the casting. They chose who they wanted to play all the different roles, with Julie Andrews as the lead. Yeah. They had a lot of say over the set and the costume design. But in all in all, this is their musical. CBS is just pay, paying for it because they knew that with the names of Rodgers and Hammerstein... It's going to sell. It's going to sell already. Their background is obviously on Broadway at this point in time, mm-hmm. is on the stage. Is this the first time they've had experience of working for screen? No, they'd written for screen before. Okay. And they'd written for TV before, but this is the biggest one. 
that they'd done. And is this the first one of their projects to debut on screen instead of stage? No. Okay. There's a couple... They've done a couple of, like, littler things. The ones that I named for you, those are their biggest... Yeah. ...musicals. But this is the first of their biggest ones to just de- debut straight on. Yeah. So the version we're watching is 1997. Yes. So that is... 40 years after it was written. Mm-hmm. And this is on Disney Plus. Was it a Disney produced feature this time? So, do you know, before we talk about that, do you know who's in this version? Yes, I know that it's got Whitney Houston yes. and Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that we'd be having Whitney Houston singing I Want to Dance with Somebody, you know, as her <laughs> prayer for the fairy godmother, her singing at the end I Will Always Love You to Prince Charming. Do you know who Whitney Houston plays? And I was also hoping she would sing I Have Nothing after the death of her mother because I assume she's Cinderella and Whoopi Goldberg is the stepmother. Right. That's my assumption. Okay, so... But if this is 97... The version that we're watching. She's older, so she won't be Cinderella. No. So is she the stepmother? No. So who is Whitney Houston in it? Is she the wicked... We will find out. She's the fairy godmother, isn't she? In 1993, Whitney Houston approached two screen directors who were known for doing Gypsy, which is a musical that had been adapted at that time, Craig Zayden and Neil Meron. Meron. Not sure how to pronounce his name about starring in a TV adaptation of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Okay. They then pitched it to Michael Eisner. Do you remember who that is? Yeah, the head of the Disney Corporation. Yes, the CEO of Disney at the time. Because at the time, he was trying to reinvent the wonderful world of Disney, which is a TV channel where they would release movies, And is that what became the Disney Channel? Yes. Okay. At the time, though, it's... You know when you get, like, Disney home videos? Mm-hmm. That's what it was, basically. So it's Aladdin and the Return of Jafar. Yeah, sequel. Noticeable dip of quality. Okay. Yeah, so this was all Whitney Houston's idea. By the time Disney agreed and had time, like, in their schedule to actually film it, it was 1997, and Whitney Houston felt that she was too old to play Cinderella anymore. What difference four years can make. I know, but also she was pregnant. Okay. So she didn't want to play Cinderella. Fair enough. So she offered the role to Brandy, who was a young singer that she was friends with at the time, and Brandy accepted because she wanted to make her film debut. I don't know who Brandy is. She's a young black singer. What, was she ever attached to a singing group? or no, was she just? she's Brandy. Okay. She's just Brandy. That's her full like title as a singer. Fair enough. But Whoopi Goldberg is in it, and I'm assuming because Whoopi Goldberg's a veteran Mm -hmm. at this time, she's the stepmother. I'm not going to correct you. Don't correct me, no. I'm assuming that. Right. So, I've just said, you've got three prolific black actresses, one of whom is making her debut but is a prolific black singer, in Cinderella, made for TV in the 90s. So this is a big deal. I can imagine as well the story of Cinderella is going to change quite a bit. Uh, a little bit, but you will see why when we watch it. Yeah. But this is the first black actress to ever play Cinderella on screen. Which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. It was. It's regarded now as being completely groundbreaking. There's a lot of pressure on this one then for me to like it, isn't there? 
Not really. I, find, I think it's enjoyable and it's fun. It is aimed at children because it's the wonderful world of Disney. Which is a good job. I am 80% child. Yes. It cost $12 million to make. That is one of the most expensive TV movies ever. Because this would have just aired on TV. This wasn't yeah. released cinematically. Mm-mm. As a TV, and it was it has gaps in it for where the adverts would have been. So that's how they'd made their money back. Is yeah, you can tell Houston between scenes on and Brandy on this TV show. Mm-hmm. You want to pay, yeah, because you will be seen. Mm-hmm. It's funny though, isn't it? Twelve million in nineteen ninety seven is considered a lot, and look at at what it's a lot H- for a TV movie it is. But like, look at what HBO have since spent on things like. Game of Thrones, you know, on TV shows. Where yeah, I guess. It's it's crazy to think where that inflation has come. That 12 million, obviously, to me and you, is a heck of a lot of money. Yep. But where Disney stands nowadays, 12 million feels like pocket money to them. Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's kind of nothing. But this probably would have been a bigger gamble for Disney. Especially for Michael Eisner at the time. Because yeah. he was spending a lot of money on revamping things, especially in the parks. Yes. We've been watching the Imagineering story. And the wonderful world of Disney hadn't really been used in the 90s that much because a lot of their money was going into screen movies. Yes. They'd be bringing out The Lion King between pitching this and it being filmed. Exactly, yeah. That's where their money was going. So the fact that they were willing to spend $12 on a TV movie because Whitney Houston asked them to. To be honest, that's like a dent in the profits of something like The Lion King or... other projects from the renaissance mm. yeah. so it really is that it's a gamble it's a gamble yep and it ended up being quite a good gamble because it was the most watched program of the night with 16,000 viewers I think it was in the local area and it ended up being the most watch of the whole week and did it have regular kind of repeats on the wonderful world of Disney or was it very much no event? it was an event yeah it was an event. Okay. Yeah. So this is a weird one in that it's an old musical, mm-hmm. but reimagined for a new era. Yeah. And it's culturally important. Interesting. So Cinderella. Yeah. Is a you know, you know the plot of I know Cinderella. The plot of yeah. Cinderella. I'm intrigued because Disney's attached to this. I thought it might. Would it be taking more after the Disney animation? No. Or would it take after the source material? So it's billed as Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Which means that they can do whatever they want with the mm-hmm. story. So it might be close to source material. It might deviate a little bit from it there. Not going to lie. I don't think there's a whole lot you can do with Cinderella that would change it that much. Rogers and Hammerstein said that they based it on the original fairy tale, which is exactly what Disney based their one on. That yeah. it's it's kind of the same story anyway. You look at it. There have been thousands of versions of Cinderella. I'm sure. Yeah. You've got the amazing Hilary Duff one, like the remakes, the modern ones. Yeah. They're, they're all the lot. same story over and over. Again. Yeah. This would be very interesting to see, like you say, the casting of mm-hmm. the first ever black Cinderella. How that changes the story. Yes. And we'll see how it changes the rest of the cast as well, because there is a lot of diverse casting in this yeah. musical. Great, so let's watch Cinderella. Yay. <laughs> 
impossible for a plain yellow pumpkin to become a golden carriage impossible for a plain country bumpkin and a prince to join in marriage and we're back we've now watched cinderella and we're ready to talk about it we sure have <laughs> yeah so when we were watching this what did you think about the casting because that's what we were talking about before we before we went into watching it okay I think the casting is certainly diverse, mm-hmm. like you said, but it's very problematic. Okay. And there's a few instances where the problem is more noticeable, especially with the plot. Right. In what way? The whole point of Cinderella... Yes. ...is he doesn't know who she is. Yes. And to find her, he must put on... A golden slipper. So, yeah, glass slipper on everyone. Yeah, glass slipper. So, here's the question. Mm-hmm. He has danced with a noticeably black young lady. Mm-hmm. So, why in that montage... Are there white girls? Are there white girls? You? Why is he even entertaining the idea that these white girls could be his mystery girl? So, have you've watched the, the new Cinderella with me, the 2015 one. Yes, very recently. One. In that, they make a point of having the fairy godmother say that no one will recognise her because of the magic. Yeah. And that, like, after the party, no one will remember what she looks like, basically. I have always assumed that with all Cinderella's, even before that movie came out. Which is fair. There's some kind of magic involved in nobody remembering what she physically looks like until he sees her again. Yeah, which which is fair. But they don't say that. No. I think when you said it was diverse, I was expecting, mm-hmm. especially Whitney Houston's involvement, Yeah. I was expecting a majority black cast. Okay. And that would have removed, I think, that problem. Yeah. So the reason that they said they wanted to have a diverse cast was to avoid... Like dis- they said disturbing overtones of having Cinderella's stepmother be a white woman who's abusing a black woman, a black girl. Like Which was something I was worried young. about. I didn't think that would have been an issue because I, I would have thought yeah. that they'd have cast her mother and her stepsisters as black. You thought they would? Or... Yeah, I thought they would have to avoid that. Mm-hmm. You're right that by having... And when I saw that it was a white actress as the stepmother, I was really worried. Yeah. But actually, bar the request for hot water and mm-hmm. steamed milk, there's they're very... Not, they're not that mean to her, no, comparatively. There is, there is no sense that she's a servant girl in that house, really. No, yes, she kind of lives there. She, yeah, she, she's a lodger who maybe has to... Who pays her keep by carrying their shopping and doing the odd chore here or there. Yeah. She's not m- mistreated as she has been in other versions. Mm-hmm. I also think it was problematic in the casting of the prince. Yeah, so this is where the the diversity of the casting comes in, is that they were like, we're just going to cast whoever is the best for the role. Which isn't a bad thing at all. But the way that it turns out, if you haven't seen this version of Cinderella, Whoopi Goldberg is the queen. 
and she's black, and Victor Garber is the king, and he's white. And the prince, who's played by Paolo Monteblan, he's Asian. And when we were watching it, you sort of went, ah, oh, because you've got, you know, Whoopi Goldberg and Victor Garber and their son. Yes. And that is a very diverse casting, which is great. And I love casting where we have everyone represented. I yeah. think that's awesome. We need more of that. And casting the best actor for the role. Exactly. Yeah. I'd rather they do that. It just becomes problematic. I can appreciate why it's done in Amjam, mm-hmm. etc. But on something where you have Disney yeah. producing it and financing it, I just, you know, it's problematic. Yeah. There's no good easy way to say it. But I think at, for the time that this came out in the 90s, what other movie is there where there's a prince who's Asian and a no, princess exactly. who's black? Which like, is, and that's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. It's important. But I just think the casting of it it's maybe weird, is weird. It? Yeah. You know, if you want Whoopi Goldberg to be in it, why not have her be the mother the of Cinderella? Yes. Yeah. Like I thought she was going to be. Mm-hmm. And why not find another talented Asian actress to play the mum? Because yeah. there are. Fair. Is it's it diverse true. when you've only got one person represented? What, one Asian character? Yeah. That's a good question. And you've then removed an Asian woman from the role of the Queen because it's gone to Whoopi Goldberg. That's a lot. That's a much deeper conversation. It's a much deeper conversation to get into. Yeah. And I think it's problematic. Whoopi Goldberg would have been a fantastic stepmother. Do you know who it was that was playing the stepmother? No idea. That was Bernadette Peters. I recognise her name. Incredibly famous. I recognise her name. Yeah, but I didn't. She was the original witch in Into the Woods. Okay, cool. And I love her. And I saw her. Yeah. You didn't like her. I think she'd have been better served as. One of the stepsisters. She's too old. She looked... The the one that they chose... I mean, she's glam. The one that they chose looked a lot older than her. What, the... Um, Calliope. Calliope yeah. looked a lot right. older than her anyway. Okay. So, starting from the very beginning... So, of the very, film. very beginning of this film, you've told me that Whitney was pregnant whilst they were filming this, so they instantly mm-hmm. digitally removed... Her midriff. Yes. And it looks awful. The graphics on this are it's so... It's the 90s. They're terrible. You can't say in the 90s when we've got Jurassic Park that came four years earlier. But that's... With a different budget, yes. But you're... You know, the 90s, especially the tail end of the 90s. If you hadn't told me when this was released, I'd have thought the 80s. All right. The graphics are atrocious. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But in a... Everything in this film is gaudy and big and over the top. I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah. And I think it does fit the theme and how everything else in this film works. Mm-hmm. We've got Rob Marshall with his second appearance on the podcast. Yes. He was attached as a choreographer. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was his background, but makes yeah. sense considering his CV that we'd spoken about mm-hmm. in Into the Woods. And we go straight into Somewhere For Me. Oh, the first song. The first song. Yeah, Is that okay. not what it's called? It's called The Greatest Love. Okay. I didn't get that. I just got Somewhere For Me. Because right. I kept repeating it. That's fair. I, they, yeah. I actually thought I was going to say Somewhere That's Green. Hmm. So Brandy. Yes. She can sing. Yep. And that's about it. Yeah, she can't act. No. 
and that's that is in a lot of the reviews is that she has a completely blank face do you know how i described her how beige she's just there yeah it's not offensive it's it's just there Mm -hmm. she's just kind of there she doesn't seem particularly upset by anything no but it is kind of funny she's got a great voice yeah but there's not much more to her than that well this is she is a singer yeah, and that's why she was chosen. Mm-hmm. But there's no emotion or anything. Do you think Whitney her. Houston, had she been a little bit younger, been better? The few moments she was there as the fairy godmother, mm-hmm. her acting was good. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well that would have been sustained over the hour and a half, but there's nice moments. Yeah. I feel like there's two characters where it really starts to come alive when they're there. And she's one of them. Yeah. Who's the other? Is Lionel. Yeah. Otherwise, Jason Alexander, yeah. Otherwise, it's just really action with mm-hmm. no emotion. Right. I didn't know who the man singing Cinderella's song was. He just came out of nowhere. That's the point. You're not supposed to. I know. I know that now, but I just wrote down, who is this man singing Cinderella's song? And then when they Could sing... Could you not figure it out? No. You had no idea that that was the prince. Well, because I'd seen when we were loading it up... Yeah. ...an image of Whoopi Goldberg with a king. So I'd assumed, okay, Whoopi Goldberg's the the, the queen. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought, okay, we're looking for... Oh, you didn't expect him to be the prince because he... Right, yes. okay. Understand. Yeah. So he came out of nowhere. And then at the end of the song, when he gets in the carriage, it makes sense. Yes. And I was like, okay, I know who he is now, and this is a nice number to set up their relationship. Yeah. As a reveal, did it make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Why does she introduce herself with her mean nickname? Why does she not just call herself Ella? I always assume that she's been just with the stepmother since she was young, like very young, and that that's what they call her, and that's now just what her name is. Which is really sad. Yeah. I love how she introduces herself. Like, she explains why she's called that, and it's great. I think maybe had this been Julie Andrews, we might have got a bit more emotion here, and she'd realise she said that name by mistake, Mm. and your theory would come across. Yeah. Because she said it because it's routine, she's used to it, and it's embarrassing when she said it. Oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. That's true, actually, because she says Cinderella, and he says, I beg your pardon, and then she has an opportunity to be like, oh, it's Ella, sorry. Yeah, and I reckon... A performer with the capabilities of Julie Andrews mm-hmm. would make more of that moment as a faux pas. Yeah. Okay, I could see that. Whereas Brandy's just like, yeah, that's my name because my face gets all... I sit by the fire and the cinders fly out and yeah. they smudge my face. Yeah. And it doesn't really... It doesn't really work. Because that's how everyone gets their names. The prince is clearly great at flirting. His, his key line is, you're not like most girls. So... The main reviews for this film is that the way that they wrote Cinderella was to be more of a feminist character and that she tries to get herself out of the problems that she's in. And I read that a lot when I was doing the research for this episode. I don't know how much I agree with it. I didn't see it at all. But I appreciate him saying, you're not like other girls, and her being like, 
yeah, if you say so, okay. Yeah, which is a nice... Because I hate that line in anything. Yeah, it's not necessarily a compliment. Mm. There's nothing wrong with being like other girls. Exactly. Like, that's fine. That's And where where is he meeting these other girls? Exactly. He's never met a girl before in his life. It just bothers me. We get a weird dynamic because the stepmother is already looking out for Cinderella's safety. She seems like a really good stepmother. I told you not to speak to strangers. Yeah, yeah. stranger danger. You don't know who this man is. Yeah. He hasn't even introduced himself. No, she doesn't ask him his name. So we don't know who he is. No. Did you get... Did you, do you know what the prince's name is? There's a song about it. Yeah. Uh, Christopher... If you can tell me his full name, I'll be so I, I couldn't tell you because he's got a lot of names. He does, yeah. It's Christopher Ronald. Rupert. Rupert. Yeah. I know that because at the first time I thought, is he called Christopher Robin? No. And he wasn't. And there's a lot of weird names. James is one of the names. Gregory James. Yeah. Gregory James is one of his names. Because I thought that. Was Do funny. you remember what his his name is that makes everyone laugh? Winifred. No, that's the Queen. Okay. No, he's um, Herman. Herman. Yes. Yeah. And he's got a lot of good names. Yes. I'm watching this marketplace. Mm-hmm. You've got to admit, right? One of my favourite things about this film is how theatrical they've tried to make it how the set is because they built that set it's still over the top it's exaggerated and everyone in it like is confined to it it is exactly the same set layout as well as the new beauty and the beast which oh i really expected bell yeah i love i love this film right i love the set and the Ensemble I, cast do a fantastic job. I really didn't like the set. I think it looked cheap. <laughs> you didn't like anything about this. The set looked so cheap. <laughs> and it looked like it fall apart. I wasn't impressed. Probably by it. it's just fronts. Like they needed to be able to put it up and take it down really quickly. I just with Disney being involved, you expect more quality. Not really on a stage. Not with theatre. We did see newsies. Yeah, but again. That's not mm. much set. Yeah, but good quality. Yeah, I suppose. So the king gets angry. Victor Garber, yes. Whoopi Goldberg might do him in. <laughs> what? She says a line about how he's going to need to find someone to marry and an heir, perhaps sooner rather than later. And the king oh, responds like, like what? what? Not too soon. Not too soon, yeah. I hope, which is nice. I'd yeah. like to see more of their relationship. They are funny. There's not enough of them. Uh, but anything where they're on screen together, they have a lot of sort of gag lines. Yes. And they Whoopi Goldberg's great wherever she is. Would you like to know an interesting fact about Whoopi Goldberg? In Go this for film? it. When they were making the costumes for this, they took Whoopi Goldberg in for a, a fitting. Yes. And she was shown the jewels that she'd be wearing and their costume jewellery. You know, it's for a film for TV. And she said that the costume jewellery wouldn't look good on her. So she convinced a jeweller to lend the movie a lot of jewellery and it was all, like, real diamonds that she's wearing in the film. It was $60 million worth of jewellery that she's wearing in that film. Just her. Nobody else. I really hope that the credits... Shout out that person. The jeweller, the yeah. The jeweller, because I think that's awesome. I haven't that's exactly such a risk. Lord knows what the insurance would be like oh, on insane. A, a loan like that. But she has two different tiaras, three different necklaces, a whole handful of rings, 
and then the jewellery that's on her actual clothes. Yeah. Which means they sewed some of it onto her costume. Which they then have to cut off. That they then have to take off afterwards and give back, which is insane, but quite The cool. costumes in this are fantastic. Yes. They fit the aesthetic perfectly. I have a few issues here or there with them. Is it going to be with the stepsisters? No. Oh, cool. Right. And I'll talk about when we get to my offensive moment, I guess. All right. But the costumes here look great. Mm-hmm. They've been designed really well and fit the characters. Yes. And I do really like the costumes. They are incredible. And you can the contrast between Cinderella and the stepsisters is fantastic just because you can see how much money the stepmother is spending on the stepsisters based on the colours that they're wearing. Yeah. Because one of the stepsisters wears pretty much orange, pinks and reds. For the whole movie. And the other one is dressed like Oddish. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> they wear a lot of, like, opulent colours. Yes. And it's fantastic. And it does really fit. And I think the colours chosen for each character are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I do really like the prince's royal garb. Yeah. He I went, really the, like what Ryan wears. Wear yes. Yeah. The prince gets more... He was, development yeah. that we've ever seen in any Cinderella, yeah. which is one of the few good things I can say about this, mm-hmm. is we know that he doesn't just want to marry for the sake of marriage. He's Jasmine yeah. in Aladdin. Yeah. And I like that he gets a little bit more definition here. Yeah. It's not just Cinderella whose life is kind of saved mm-hmm. through this marriage. His life is as well. Yeah. Obviously, it's not fate, you know, uh, death at stake, but... Mm. He's not going to get stuck in a loveless marriage. He's actually going to marry someone he appreciates. Yeah. And that's really nice that his character is given more depth than just... Because he's kind of objectified. Yeah, a bit. Yeah. Even, in the, even in the Disney version, he mm-hmm. just exists for the female gaze. He doesn't gaze. have a real name in the Disney he version. He doesn't. He just exists to be a piece of meat that the women all want. Only because he's rich. Yeah. They only want him because he's a prince. Mm-hmm. That's all he and exists I think to be. The deal that they make. So when he leaves the market and he goes back home, his mother tells him that they're throwing a ball for him, and he says he doesn't want one because he wants to meet a girl he actually loves to marry. And they make this deal that he will go to the ball, but if he doesn't fall in love with somebody at it, his parents will give him time to Do it meet way. somebody and fall in love his way. Yeah. Which Whoopi Goldberg spends the rest of the movie trying to convince him to fall in love with somebody, but I think that works for her character. It does. But that's such a... You don't often see movies with royalty where the rule is, like, you need to get married and have children, but we'll make a bargain, and if it doesn't work my way, you can do it your way. Exactly. Yeah. It's usually, this is the way it's done, Mm -hmm. end of. And there's at no point does anybody bring up anything about him not being allowed to marry a commoner. Yeah. Which I think is really good. We then go into the prince's giving a ball. Mm-hmm. As Lionel starts writing down his official declaration. Yes. We get the joke that the prince has got a lot of names. Mm-hmm. And we get a musical number with some really good choreography as Lionel... Yes. ...goes about town, mm-hmm. getting the necessary costumes, food, supplies yeah. to do this party. Mm-hmm. 
And then as it goes on, he get it gets more and more frantic, and he starts. Yes, the bit where he's got the scroll, it's going mad. He's messing up the words with the names and the like terms. Yeah. is really well done. Mm-hmm. I like the the beat and the rhythm of the different words. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I expected Rodgers and Hammerstein's style to be. Okay. I, you know, if I had to show you a song that. As an entry level, this is what you can expect from Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yeah. Or if you gave me six songs and asked me to pick out which one, based on what I would do, that's the one I'd have pointed out. Yeah. That's what I expected their style to be. The props are interesting. Oh, you're talking about the... Jason Alexander's Lionel is planning to feed everyone at the ball with a cardboard cake. Yes, there's a big cake, a big pink sort of wedding-looking cake that one of the ensemble members carries, and as he's walking, he makes it looks like he's going to drop it. Yeah. So he's, like, waving it from side to side, but it very clearly is light. And it's also problematic that then some of the choreography, the way he's done, the, the, the baker who carries the cake, skipping back and forth with the cake, literally on its side at times. Yeah. And you just look at it and think, that it, it's clearly fake and it takes you out of this world. Mm-hmm. There's suspension of disbelief. Then there's also, you know, this is clearly fake. Yeah, but like it's supposed to be almost pantomime. This, this, so America does not have pantomime in the same way that we do here in England. And this movie, I think, is the closest thing I've ever seen to an American pantomime. It's so over the top. All that's missing is two dudes playing the... But it is just proof that the Americans very rarely get British culture right. Well, that, yeah, that's The true. only example I've ever seen of something that translated well from British to American is the US office. They don't... But they recast it. It's not like they just aired it there. Oh, I know they recast it. But series one, mm. and if we ever watch the US office, series one is so skippable because it's just shot for shot... The British office. Yeah. But it's when they had to expand 24 episodes for series two, mm. they had to write their own stories and it started to take on a life of its own. And they got very lucky with that. Had they kept it that way, it wouldn't translate well. I don't think Americans are very good at putting on British style productions. Okay. And if this is the best America can do for a panto, I don't want to see any more American pantomimes. Well, they don't do them. It's not a thing. Good. That they it have. shouldn't be. No. Based on this. Panto's very English. Yeah. So we go back to the house. Yeah, the house is amazing. It's very opulent. I love their house. This is when I started to think that the stepmother does look too young, especially in comparison to... Calliope, the actress for her, looks a lot older, I think, than the stepmother. Yeah. And I reckon you could have swapped both of them around and perhaps would have been better. Okay. We get in my own little corner. Yeah. And again, I think this is a song that maybe would have been better with a Julie Andrews. Okay. Because she sings how she's a prima donna. Uh, she she's pretending to be a prima donna, yeah. But she's not. She's the furthest thing from it. Brandy is so meek. Yeah. That I don't get the sense she's a prima donna at all. This isn't Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. She's... Well, she's 
So the point is she's imagining it. She's a young girl who's imagining all these things. She's also not a huntress. Which I hated that line. I absolutely hate that line. And that's not aged well. Why? Because I just think it's massively inappropriate to be a hunter on safari. Well, she's... This film, I assume, is set in, like, the 1600s. Yes, but I would still get rid of that line. Okay. I think some things don't age well. And I do think it's acceptable sometimes to revise and think not having that. And if this was a production I do, I would cut that line from the song, give it a choice. Because I just don't think it fits. In the stage musical, the most recent version of it, the reason she's singing about all of those things is she has one possession that's her own. Yeah. And it's a book. And it's like a book about world explorers and one of the explorers she reads about is a woman who is goes on safari in Africa and is documenting all of these animals the point of that song is that she is only allowed to exist in this one corner of the kitchen yes that is her place and you see in the set that her bed's in the background the point of her singing in my own little corner is that actually when she is left on her own and she doesn't have to be dealing with the stepsisters or her she stepmother, she can be anything she wants she can to be. be anything. One of the things she sings about being is a mermaid. Like, she's just imagining all of these things. Yeah. And the point that we learn later on is that sitting around and imagining isn't going to do her any good. She needs to actually oh, do Oh, I've something. got thoughts on that I know too. you do, but <laughs> that's the point that they're trying to make. Um, that's a fine point. I just think lyrically... Some of them don't work, and I would either cut that song or make a lot of changes. Oh, I'm not saying I am a genius, a lyrical genius on par with Rodgers and Hammerstein. No. In the 50s, as a line, no one would bat an eyelid. But in the 90s? In the 90s, in, in the 2020s. Yeah. Okay. It's not a good line. Fine. <laughs> I think it's a throwaway line that you're kind of over-exaggerating. I think it was a throwaway line that it was the one moment Brandy actually seemed to try and do some acting. Okay, that's And made fair, it more yeah. noticeable. Okay. We go back to the castle, mm-hmm. and Lionel is prepping everything, singing his song to himself. Yeah. I love that. It's great. Yeah. He's learnt this big, elaborate dance and song. He's going to keep singing it. Yes. Really then... liked it. Whoopi Goldberg comes in, chews the scenery. Mm-hmm. She's doing her best to make this work. Yeah. We get a fantastic gag. Once the ball is rolling, it's difficult to cancel. Yep. Love it. Yep. I think that's a great little line. And then Victor Garber slaps Lionel on the butt. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I thought he was going to sell him to Henry Higgins. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. So this is when the, the deal's made. The bargain. Yes. Yeah. And Dad is the voice of reason here. Mm. Very much well. That seems fair. Mm. Well, he said, the prince says that he wants to fall in, be in love before he's married the same way that his parents were. Yes. And they kind of can't argue with him about that. No. Even after the deal is made and the prince walks off, Whoopi Goldberg's a little bemused by it and seems yeah. quite angry or upset that the king mm. hasn't got her back. I think it's more that she wants, she, the vibe that I get from the king and queen is that she's the queen and he's married into royalty. Yeah. Because she's in charge. She seems to like get her own way a lot. So you get the impression that she's the one that's royalty. Yeah. I hadn't thought either way. I kind of felt more that the king was the royal one. 
but he's just happy to let her run things because he's just he's getting old he's tired and he just wants an easy life okay you know what they say happy wife easy life if you say so he's nailed that sure we go back to Cinderella's house and I do like in terms of the storytelling here the back and forth back and forth Mm. we're seeing both of them yeah we get the sense that they're both very familiar even though you've got one who's royalty and one who's a commoner, they're very similar. Yeah. And this next scene, Falling in Love with Love. So this song isn't from Cinderella. Okay. It's taken from another Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, um, but it was cut. So they repurposed it for this version. It so isn't it's in the original in. one. No. I liked this idea because you've got both kind of scenes here dealing with the idea of what it is to be in love. Mm-hmm. And I like that regardless of your station, mm-hmm. we don't care about marrying for love. We marry for betterment. Yes. And both the prince and the stepsister slash Cinderella are getting that same message. Mm-hmm. I think the stepmother says marriage isn't about love. Yeah, Which she actually like, says that word for yes. She says, marriage isn't about love. <laughs> and she also says, hide your flaws until after the wedding, which Correct. I think is great Obviously. advice. But it's nice that that idea is spread about, across both. Yeah. And this song is very much a song that says that message and is also mm. a very quick kind of montage song to get us yeah. prepared for the ball and out. The other thing that's in this song, and I don't know whether they wrote it in for Cinderella or if it was already in this song and it just fits very very well but one of the verses that the stepmother sings is I fell in love with love one night when the moon was full and it's basically saying that she fell in love and was taken for a fool presumably by Cinderella's father I think it's actually the father of the stepsisters I believe that too because he's not around anymore which I'd imagine is why she's so disillusioned yeah probably because she was once full of ideas and dreams like Cinderella is and they were dashed and she learned you've got to marry for money you've got to marry for money and that's what she did but I really like that as a as just like a really little bit of information about this song was good and I think she performed it brilliantly yeah well that's and it's one of the nice moments we actually see Cinderella working as well, where you do get another kind of glimpse. Oh, she's of doing the hair and she's stuff. She's doing the yeah. hair, and, and we get a sense that actually she is kind of a servant girl. Mm-hmm. When they need something, she's a servant girl. When she, because they involve her in a lot of things. I'll talk about that later because there's more issues I have with the characterization that crops up yeah. later on. But especially with this song. Yeah. When the the catalyst for this song is she's. The stepmother's telling the stepsisters, hide your flaws until after the wedding. And then Cinderella says, shouldn't somebody love you for who you are? Like, despite all of your flaws? And the stepmother's like, no, I will sing you a whole song about it. Yeah. And it's great. But it's because of her. And it's just like, they they include her in this song. She's included a lot yeah. where Cinderella isn't usually included. Yes. We get to the end of Falling in Love with Love. Mm-hmm. The stepmother and the stepsisters have departed for the ball. Yes. And Cinderella is left alone. She goes into her little corner. Mm-hmm. She starts praying, yeah. wishing mm-hmm. for a change to be able to go to the ball. Yes. When suddenly Whitney Houston shows up. Ah! And we get the, the best, best bit of acting. acting. 
which is Brandy, Brandy's reaction to Whitney Houston appearing outside of her window in a puff of magic is she just sort of looks up and is like, oh, and that's it. Now my question for you. Yeah. Whitney Houston. Uh-huh. Is she a vampire? Because <laughs> she's so sparkly. No, because she says you have to invite me in. She says, aren't you going to invite me in? It's polite to be invited into somebody's house. I'm just throwing it out there. She pretty much follows the rules of vampire law. She only appears at night. Yes. Oh, no, no, at the end, she's there at the end of the day. Hidden in, in a shaded area. Well, that's true. She only appears, She's only in darkness or shade. She has to be invited in, and she's really sparkly. Vampire. Yeah. All right. Magical vampire. I do think Whitney Houston makes a fantastic fairy godmother. Yeah. I think she was right in her casting decision to say, I'm not going to play Cinderella anymore. It's a shame because I do think in that, like, few moments that she was in... Yeah, she she's was great. great. And I've never seen her act before. No, me either. So I don't know how much acting there was. Yeah. I've only seen her in this. She would have been a great Cinderella a few years ago, based on what I saw. Yeah. And we go into Impossible. Yes. So the conversation we had about this song after we finished watching the movie is that there is a reprise of this song written in the musical, which is called It's Possible. Well, we get that to an extent, because when they're driving in the carriage they're saying it's possible yeah so but they... it's not the same way they're two separate songs in the musical you showed me a version from the tonys mm-hmm. and it felt less like the godmother was mocking cinderella here yeah. it feels very much like whitney houston is sassing cinderella mm-hmm. and mocking her interesting that you say that because people critics commentary on whitney houston as the stepmother was that she's too sassy and it comes across as a little bit mean yes to cinderella i like that characterization yeah me too but i think the we watched i made you watch the julie andrews version of this song too yes the vibe that i feel like you're supposed to get from the fairy godmother is that she's trying to make cinderella realize that if impossible things happen all the time why can't she go to the ball I will take myself off and go to the ball. Like, yeah. that's what she's trying to get from her. Rather than but her being makes, like, no, you can't do it. That makes no sense because... Because she's then going to do everything she's for said, her. Yeah. yeah. So, this came after... So, this is 1957. Yeah. And the Disney version was 1950 that that was released. Yes. So, the fairy godmother has her very famous bippity boppity boo Mm-hmm. Fiddly Fadly Foodle. Yeah. Yeah. It just, for me, felt like it was retreading that and not trying to be its own thing. Yeah. Which was a shame. Mm -hmm. I just looked at it and thought, okay, so you're trying to just copy someone who's successfully created this world seven years ago. Yeah. I think with the, the Julie Andrews production, Julie Andrews sings a line... Or says a line where she says, I wish there was some kind of magic that could help me, some sort of abracadabra or fiddly foodle that I could say to make my dreams come true. Which is why the stepmother then sings it 
However, without that line, it does just sound like a boobity bobby boo. Yeah, and I don't like it. Following Impossible, they go outside and they start prepping for the ball. Mm-hmm. And Whitney Houston's magic isn't great. Because she <laughs> you tries... You the animation? Or... No, she tries once and fails. She picks up the pumpkin, it farts, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. And then she does it again. Yeah. I don't get why. Because that. In every single version of Cinderella I've ever seen, that happens. I don't know where this joke came from, but in the Disney animated Cinderella, the godmother tries once with her wand and it doesn't work, and then she does it again, as if she's out of practice. Yeah. The 2015 Cinderella, uh, Helen Bonham Helen Carter. Carter, does it over and over again before her magic works. She does, doesn't and she? in this yeah. version. I felt like it was more noticeable here. Yeah. I don't know why. It just felt really noticeable. Because she's not using a magic wand. She doesn't wandless have an excuse. magic is harder. Yeah. You're going to nail your newts if yeah. you do wandless, <laughs> wandless magic. magic. We're watching Harry Potter at the moment, if you can't tell. But, yeah, she's not. She's the only one that doesn't use wand. I've got my favourite note here that I took. Right. Brandy is dead-eyed with excitement. Oh, my God. She has no reaction to anything that's no, happening. No, the mice get turned into footmen, and she's just dead-eyed and trying to be excited and... <laughs> It's like she sees this every day. Yeah. And it's... I'm supposed to view the world from her and I don't get excited. I think that maybe nobody explained to her that there would be, like, CGI happening. And she thought she had to react to what was in front of her. So she's like, oh, wow, it's so beautiful. It's a candle. (laughs) Wow. Because when the carriage does turn into the, the pumpkin coach and it's made of gold and it's beautiful, she's just like, oh, my gosh. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's not a good actress, but, you know. And her dress was great. Her dress was more, more examples of where the costume are are really good. Mm. And the the way that they've... It's the one thing I'm going to give the, the CGI. The way that they CGI her normal clothes turning into her ball gown is her sleeves slide down her arms and become her gloves. And I just thought that was really cool. I haven't noticed that before now, but it's a nice little bit of somebody's obviously really thought about that. Yeah. To have that happen. Which is such a shame that nobody had thought at the next bit, which is where they journey. Because we get multiple shots where one of the shots, it looks like they're closing in on the castle. And then we cut to a long shot mm-hmm. where it shows that they're in the same place they were like a few shots ago and they're nowhere the near the castle yet. Yeah. The, the continuity of that was really bad. There's a lot of not good continuity in this film. Yeah. It's possible it was okay. Yeah. You had... Whitney Houston teleporting around. <laughs> and looking like she'd been thanos because, like, she was dusting away at different moments with her fairy dust kind of coming off. Yeah. But just magically going back and forth. She shows up in the carriage and Brandy just looks... I... I'd say shocked, but... Hmm. As shocked as Brandy can look at this <laughs> woman just appearing in the carriage. I mean, obviously Whitney Houston wasn't there for this scene and Brandy's just in a carriage having to react to something that's not there. But it is bad when you can see that she's not even looking anywhere near to where Whitney Houston is. Yeah. But I don't, this film, like, I know I'm joining in with you on some of the negatives on this film, but I have to say, like, I saw this when I was 11 or 12 for the first time. 
I was probably too old for it at that point, but I love all the music in this film, and I think I just got really attached to it. So, like, in hindsight, I can see things that are wrong with it, but I'm still going to love it forever. Like, it is a really good film. It's trash, but I love it. We're now at the ball. Yes. And the prince is so (laughs) bored, he is moving like it's Ascot. Yes. I like that. They're very still. All the women are wearing the same dress. That was my issue. Oh, that's your problem. That was my issue where I felt the costume was, you know, my my key offender for the costumes. Mm -hmm. At the ball, no one stood out. I don't think they're supposed to. No, but not even Cinderella stood out. Oh, okay. But her dress is different. It's It's a lighter colour. Yeah, but it's very similar. Okay. Have something much more different in colour. Have them all in reds or greens and have her be the only blue. Yeah, but I think... There's an aerial shot where you can't really make out the prince and Cinderella because they all look the same. Okay, fair enough. And that's really bad. I think if they'd have both been in white and everyone else was in the dark blue-purple, that would have been okay. Just something to make them stand out. These are our two key characters and they blend in. Mm -hmm. That's really bad costume design. Okay. And that was something I really didn't like in a film that otherwise had got costume design down. Yeah, on point. Yeah. Lionel's comedy is great here. You have the prince raise an arm, and as they transition from one dance move to the next, Lionel comes, takes over, and brings another gal. I love this factory line. The Mm. prince isn't interested, but then he's not even giving it a try. He's not even trying to engage with these girls, and I kind of feel that that's a... It's not fair. They might be nice girls. They're both as bad as each other here in terms of the women's view of him and his view of the women. He's not giving them a chance to maybe show that they're more than just this gold digger. Yeah, I think that's fair. And why does he give the stepsisters more of an opportunity to speak than these other girls? Because he he starts the conversations with the stepsisters, but he doesn't. I assume that we're supposed to understand that he does talk to these other girls, but that we didn't it, get we're to so see far any. into the night that he's kind of done. Yeah. And the stepsisters are just very strange. It is nice, though, when the stepsisters take over and they beckon for the music to get fast because it feels like he's really dreading those. Yeah. Well, they've been stood in the queue up the stairs, like, screaming and shouting at him, like, trying to get his attention yeah. the entire time. I, I do want to just point out how much I really disliked the performances from the stepsisters. Did you not like them? No, I really didn't. There was too much gurning. And the tall one, uh, Calliope. 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 Mm-hmm. Her curtsy was just stupid. Yeah, there are some things in there that's like too ham. And I just thought like it was, it just wasn't funny. Yeah. It wasn't entertaining when they were on. They felt too much like caricatures in something that no one else felt that way. So I, maybe when we're done recording this, I'll show you the stage version of their song. Yeah. So the stepsisters sing a song that's called The Stepsisters Lament, and it's about how angry they are that this girl has come in and captured the prince's attention, and now nobody has a chance with it. Yeah, they become the Phantom of the Opera judging Rao. Yeah, but it's supposed to be a really comedic song, but it's also supposed to be sung by the entire ensemble cast of women. Which is better, because it's not just two people who... You know, are just being really seen. Just it would be it's nice also, if everyone does it. Yeah, it's also not sung in the middle of the party. It's sung yeah. at the end of the party. So, like Cinderella's already run away before that song is sung, and they're sing- and the prince goes after her 
So now all of these women are at this party where they're supposed to be allowed to dance with the prince, and they're all just sat there because he's left. Yeah. So they sing this song as a group about, well, why would he be so interested in her? We're all here too. Yeah. And it's it works better, I think, in the stage show. But I love their song. I think it's so funny. And I don't know whether it's just because... I think they'd be really fun parts to play because you can just have I that. would say the stepsisters in Cinderella usually are the fun roles to play. Hmm. Because you can do a lot more with them. Yeah. And these two seem like they were having a good time. Yeah, but I wasn't watching them. And that's <laughs> okay. the difference. Yeah. I just want to make a few points before we got to their song. Right. We have the stepmother becoming a dance mum. Yes. And she's very much trying to get Lionel to give them more of a chance and almost trying to seduce Lyle. Lionel, yeah. and he's just, he doesn't he's fall for it. it yeah. he, my favourite line is, um, what does he say? Oh, there is something, I wish there was something between us. A continent. Yeah. That was fun. I like, she's trying to compliment him, and she says, oh, you're amazing full head of skin. skin. And, and then he's like, he's like, hands like do not touch. <laughs> this is the worst ball ever. Yeah, it's boring. No one is enjoying themselves. No. Well, so the other thing is, uh, there's a great YouTuber called Musical Theatre Mash, and he's done an episode on Cinderella. And one of the things that he brings up is that all of the girls that aren't dancing with the prince are dancing with other men. Yes. Did they bring these men as backup dates? Yeah. Like, and I completely agree with that. Like, why are there men at this ball? Why would you come to the... Why, as a man, would you come to this ball you know all the girls are here to see the prince? Because you're... It's like... Rebound. <laughs> it is. It's like when you go to uh, a wedding and you've got all these bridesmaids who are just so sad because they're the bridesmaid and not the bride and they're easy pickings. If you say so. I've never been to a wedding. All right. But that's what these men are. They're, they're, they're there to be the rebound. Oh, the prince doesn't like you, but I think you're pretty great. Yeah, okay. But, like, that has to be why they're there. Definitely. Yeah. I do... I do feel bad for Lionel. The prince is very difficult Lionel. to manage. Yeah. He definitely had an easier time when he was caring for Quasimodo. Oh, yeah, because he's, he's the voice of one of the... He is the voice of one of the gargoyles. Yeah. Now, here's one of the things I wondered. Do you yeah. think... Because Hunchback of Notre Dame came out in 96, mm -hmm. a year before this. Yeah. Do you think he got he roped into this because contract, of a Disney yeah. contract? Probably. Disney has a tendency to do a multiple contract. Yes. So you get contracted to do whatever film that you auditioned for and then also, like, two more features. And it'll be, like, you're just one voice as a character or yeah. you're, like, a side character in And something. do you think he might have gone to Disney and said, I'll do this Cinderella, but I don't want to be in your contract anymore? Yeah, probably. It's probably in other Disney films that we just don't know Possibly. About. Did he reprise it in the second Hunchback of Notre Dame? No, nobody did. I like him in Shallow Hal. I haven't seen that. He's great in Shallow Hal. That's, um... Jack Black and Jack Gwyneth Black. Paltrow. Jack Black's biggest regret of his film career. Yeah. And Gwyneth I've Paltrow's. Seen, the only thing I've seen of that film is the DVD cover. I, when I was studying at college for film studies, we had to yeah. write an essay... That, one, that was one of the options oh. I've got it somewhere it's that was they gave you that option yeah you, we were showing different sequences I also did Jurassic Park in that period of time but yeah we wrote about Shallow How and that actor crops up in a lot of weird things yeah he's in Seinfeld he's in a lot of things he's in The Return of Jafar oh he's Abyss Mall is he? yes I haven't seen that film he's Abyss Mall because when you say the name fast enough it's abysmal 
He he is in Hunchback of Notre Dame too. He is. Yeah. So he's got no, but if he's if he was in um, Aladdin too, he's been working with Disney for a while. He was also in 101 Dalmatians too. Yeah. The parrot. Yeah. He's in the the sequel movie of Bye Bye Birdie. Didn't know that existed, but okay. He's done a lot of Disney features, yeah. so he must be tied into a contract somewhere mm-hmm. for that sweet, sweet Disney money. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Cinders arrives, yes, and instantly the ball has become more fun. Yeah. And we get a really weird sequence between the king and queen as the king starts drawling over Cinderella. If I was only a few years younger... I do love his I'd be there. younger again. And she's just like, yes, dear. That's great. I love their interactions, though. I just think they do such a good job of being, like, obviously an old married couple. Yes. And it is interesting. We get ten minutes ago. Mm -hmm. The the prince has given all his best lines to Cinderella. Yeah. Hey, I just met you, and this is crazy. But we are dancing, so love me maybe. Would you like to know a really funny thing about the fact that you've just done that? Go for it. Carly Rae Jepsen played Cinderella on Broadway and would have sung ten minutes ago. My version's better than yeah. this. That's really funny, though. And it works. Because my favourite bit is, because we are dancing! Yeah. And I just laughed because, yeah, he doesn't... He's trying to be poetic and it's not really working. I just... It's a weird old song. Yeah, it's cute. I think they're both... Because we have ten minutes ago and then Do I Love You Because You're Beautiful. And that's a weird song because it's... But they're like... both them questioning whether you can fall in love instantly. Yes, and but it doesn't work in this context because they're just disputing. There's no conflict there. It's just Do I Love You Because You're Wonderful or Because I Think You're Wonderful. Yeah. I don't know. I just... Is it, are you... Do I love you because you're beautiful or are you beautiful because I love you? And I think I like that. I like that questioning of characters who fall in love in like insta love to then have a moment where they think, are you as good as I think you are? Or am I putting you up on this pedestal? Because we've talked about before. Well, this is it, but they're hitting the nail on the head. That's exactly why you feel this way about this person because you've just done the brand new shiny toy. Well, that's what they're saying, but then yeah. the result is no. We actually are. The result is still yes. No. They just think the result it's no. is love. <laughs> it's true. The king love. does try to steal Cinderella. He dances with he Cinderella. He dances with Cinderella, and he's always trying to talk his son out of a date because he's almost like, "Look at me, I'm." So I think great. he sounds like a typical dad, where he's like, "I hope my son's being a gentleman," and she's like, "Oh, he is." Because if not, I'll show you a gentleman. And then the Queen rescues her and asks about who your family is yeah, and, and upsets that's a shame. her. Because she can't, she, both of her parents are dead and she's not owning the fact that she's related to the stepsisters because why would you? Yes, especially when the stepmother's sneaking up behind you. But it's also probably been a long time since anyone asked her about her parents. Yes, and I, I do wish she was able to be honest. Yeah. Because I'd like to know more... If she'd have said they were dead, yeah. I'd like to know more about Whoopi Goldberg's views on the fact that she's clearly a commoner. Yeah, because it's never mentioned. But by proclaiming this ball Mm. to all the commoners in the village... All the eligible maidens, yeah. Surely they have no issue whatsoever 
with yeah. the prince marrying a commoner. So there's no issue with saying, I have no family. Mm-hmm. There's no issue there. No. I think it would be like a bonus if she was a princess. Yeah. But they're not that fast. So I don't like Cinderella in this. All right. Because? I just don't like a lot of her interactions and her... I just don't like a lot of how she presents herself. All right. This is my bit that I really dislike. Mm-hmm. She says to the prince, the trouble is most people sit at home wishing for things to happen instead of going out and getting them to happen. Which is the moral that the, the fairy godmother tried to instill in her. But again, this is exactly what she's done. She has sat at home mm-hmm. wishing for everything to happen instead of going out and getting it. She is a hypocrite and I just don't like her. I don't feel there's anything like yeah. about this version of Cinderella. Okay. I like her, but, uh, you know. I, I can see where that comes from, though. Like, yes, it is a bit hypocritical. If it was... If the difference was the fairy godmother came and was like, you have all the power here. If you want to go to the ball, you should go as you. And Cinderella was like, you're right, I should. And she just went. And the prince fell in love with her there. She would be kind of justified in saying this. Exactly. But because the fairy godmother has done all the work here. I don't think you can ever like a character in any story who's a hypocrite. Yeah. I don't think it's possible. In Unless you're um, Richard Attenborough in Jurassic Park. Yes. Unless <laughs> unless you are willing to... to Have them realise it. Yes. Yeah. Which she doesn't. No. She says this like... She's been preaching it the whole film. Mm-hmm. But it's not her thing. You can totally movie. get on board with a hypocrite who either learns over the journey mm-hmm. or is willing to admit they're a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. You can't like a hypocrite who just says it with all sincerity. Yeah. I think the the issue with that is that sentiment would be fine if we had a moment where she stood up against the stepmother. Yes. But she's got no reason to. Because the stepmother isn't really that mean to her. No. So... In the same way, if this line was delivered as a moment of realisation, for instance, if you had the prince saying something, you know, that most people sit at home wishing for things to happen, and her go, instead of going out and getting it, like, this is a moment of realisation, like... Oh, she suddenly understands. Yes, she suddenly... That's fine. And maybe that's what they're going for, and Brandy just didn't nail it. Maybe. But... As it stands... That would make more sense. As it stands, this Cinderella's a hypocrite, and I'm gi- we're giving her more credit than she deserves. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in here to suggest there's anything sincere. She's just saying this like she's an expert when she isn't. Yeah. I'm willing to believe that that's what Rodgers and Hammersome are going for, though, having it be her moment of realisation. Maybe she's yeah. going to change now. Maybe an actress like Julie Andrews could do that. Maybe. We will never know. We have some very intimate forehead kisses. And the prince says, I never want this moment to end. Mm -hmm. Ding, dong, ding, dong. Yeah. And it was at this point in turn she said, Drew, it's going to be very problematic when he tries to find the owner of the shoe. That's when the penny really dropped for me. Yeah. And she must have really tough feet walking back from... (laughs) Because they travelled miles to get yeah. there. And she's just walked or ran the whole way home. Still clearly, making it back before the stepmother and the stepsisters. Yeah. She clearly doesn't live that far away from the palace. No, like. they didn't need... It's not like she arrived and everyone could see her carriage. 
No. She just arrived and everyone's already in the ball having fun. Yeah, she was late. She doesn't need this carriage in the first place. So. No. I'm pretty sure that Whitney Houston could have teleported her to the party. Yeah. And back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I And she shows up a lot more at the party than any other... Yeah, I was going to I was gonna bring that up. She shows up at the party because Cinderella, when once she's danced with Whoopi Goldberg and they talk about her parents, she runs outside and she summons the fairy godmother and says I want to go home now this is too much I can't do this they think I'm someone I'm not and and, uh, Whitney Houston says you're fine you need to go back in and enjoy this because this isn't going to happen again but it is a weird moment for the fairy godmother to show up it is it feels very weird because she doesn't need to be there If, if we'd have just had Brandy run outside and sort of say that to herself especially because she's already transformed herself into fireworks and disappeared yeah she doesn't need to be there anymore no it's i think it's weird. just because you know we've got whitney houston we've got whitney houston mm. but yeah then the stepsisters get home and we get a very weird line yeah bad parenting line from the stepmother i really wouldn't be surprised if he married you she's got to know at that point i think she sort of is just saying what she wants them to hear i know because unless she's saying it Despite Cinderella. But it was said with full sincerity. She she committed to that line like she really believed. But, so you said before, he did dance with them for a lot longer than he danced with anyone else. And I know it's because they're main characters. Yeah. And we're focusing on it as viewers. But compared to the other girls in this movie, so maybe she's like, he danced with you longer than everyone else. Now this is a really weird bit. Yeah. Cinderella talks about how she dreamt she was at the ball and they're like go for it prove it then and she gives the most generic description of any ball ever there were stairs and music and the stepsisters and the stepmother their eyes go wide like how <laughs> does she know she this yeah. it's the most generic description of a ball yeah. you could ever give why are they suspicious they're and not then, it's just when she starts talking in specifics. No, they were suspicious before that point. At this point, all she'd said was there was stairs mm-hmm. and an or- a live orchestra. Right. And people dancing. And you get a shot of them with their eyes going white and then she starts talking in more detail. Okay. That's why it was so weird. And then I felt this was really out of character for the stepsisters that uh, Calliope and Minerva get up and dance with Cinderella. Yeah. yeah. That's so weird. They shouldn't want to touch oh. her because she's dirty. That's their view of her. Come on, her name is Cinderella because she's well, got dirty so. cinders on her face. So, so I'm going to talk about the, the stage musical again. The In the stage musical, when they get back from the ball, they're all kind of tipsy. And also, they've had a good time anyway. Yes. And you get told that. They've... They don't just dance with the prince. They've danced with other handsome young men. They've had quite a good time. And so is the stepmother. So when they get back, they're quite happy. And they sing Lovely Night, which is the next song. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that happens is they tell Minerva to play the piano because she can play the piano forte. So she's sort of plonking out Lovely Night. And they're all joining in together because Cinderella's weaving this fantastic story about seeing the prince across the ballroom and him kissing you and oh it's so romantic and they're all kind of drunk so they're all on board but that doesn't come across doesn't in this. come across in this and version. it's a very weird 
dynamic between the four yeah. of them because it shouldn't be that way. They dislike her. Yeah. So, well, they're supposed to. Yeah. We weird. understand that they dislike her. But they yet to another place where they let her join in in a weird way. Yes. Yeah. And then she goes outside and she starts singing for her dead father about how she wants love. And Whitney Houston shows up and tells Cinderella that the prince fell in love with her personality, not looks. Yes. Didn't fall in love with her pretty gown and what she looked like because that wasn't real. Yes. So this is where my understanding of he doesn't remember what you look like comes from because magic. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief that far. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief that actually Cinderella wasn't wearing a gown. She was still dressed as herself. And everyone could just see. Which is the why gown the stepmother then locks her because she knows it was Cinderella. Like, wouldn't that be a fun twist if like only Cinderella can see the dress? Oh, like Emperor's New Clothes style. Yeah. yeah, okay. And she's just gone out in her rags. But the prince dance with her. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Because he recognised the girl from the marketplace. See, that would have been fun. That would We're be going to talk that'd be about cool twist. kind of my key issue with this in a moment. Right. And that will kind of... You'll see what I mean. Right. The Whoop. prince decides he's going to start looking for Cinderella. And Whoopi's changed her tone very much from we want you to marry him, we just want you to get married to... And, and the prince says, I want to marry this girl. And she's suddenly like, well, we don't have time to waste looking for someone. to marry someone else. Yeah. She I think should it's... be over the moon that her idea worked and do everything to support the prince in finding this girl because it's a I told you so moment. That's true. Instead, she's just there like, oh, well, all the girls there are beautiful. Let's find someone else. She I should be like... But the character, the way it was written... Yes. She should be latching onto this girl and moving the earth to find her. Because yeah, I agree. Ten years from now, she'll say to the prince, "Go, do you remember that ball you didn't want to have? Yeah. I made this happen. Don't you forget it, boy. That's true. I think their dialogue, her and Victor Garber, their dialogue should have been the other way around. Yes. You should have had Victor Garber as the king saying, this seems like a lot of effort to go to you to find this girl. But then he's and always been the one that's been backing his son, so it wouldn't make sense either way. This is an no, exchange that doesn't work, full stop. Okay, fair enough. Problematic last sipper montage. It's the weirdest montage in film history. Yeah. The prince's face juxtaposed over all those feet. Would you like to know something very funny about those feet? Yeah. The last one that we see before they cut away is a man. <laughs> he's got... And I, right, I will preface this with women have leg hair, I understand. However, yes. this is clearly a man's leg and a man's foot because it is a big foot and it's getting nowhere near the shoe. So it's just very, very funny that the last one well, is a guy's foot. Do you think it's the same kind of principle as Home Alone where Buzz's girlfriend was the prop designer's son just dressed up that maybe they didn't want to give a girl a syndrome by saying we want you to be this ugly foot? Yeah, because, but it's not on screen long enough for it to be like a But, it's, but a gag. Buzz's, Buzz's girlfriend's not on screen long enough for it to be a gag. You know, it just happens to spare some poor girl of this yeah, self-esteem okay. issue. Maybe they wanted that gag of a really ugly foot yeah. that it would never have been Cinderella's and thought, well, we can't go to any of our girls to say that because that will upset them. Let's just cast a man in that role. Maybe. Who knows? It's still funny. It was a weird montage. Though. It is a weird montage. This is the thing where you were saying it's really weird the amount of white women that are in this queue to try on the show. And I do think there's a big reason why there were so many socked women as well. 
because we don't we don't realize, know. we don't yeah. realize because you only had in the 10 or 12 feet we saw two black feet yeah which so that's where the um how does he not recognize her comes in but that's where I, I have the like magic aspect yes. of it. He doesn't remember what she looks like until he actually finally sees her because magic. And I think it's always problematic with the story of Cinderella that they don't just give up once they've had the stepsisters try on their shoes. They just there's something about this house. Yeah. That says he, there's more to this knows. story. Yeah. That's so the magic. I can like, that. I'm there. We get the stepsisters trying on the shoes. Yeah. And even the stepmother. I've never seen a version of a stepmother that. does that. That's so and it funny. Fits. <laughs> and he says impossible. And of course it's impossible. I'm because he never danced with her. No, she's an old white woman. Like... And famously, she was trying to dance with Lionel, yeah. who hated every second of Who's it. Who's trying to put the shoe on her. Exactly. Yeah. I think Lionel has a line where he says basically he's like, No. You're too old. But the shoe fits the stepmother and she puts it on and she's like, oh my gosh, it fits, it fits. And even she sounds surprised. And then she starts screaming because it's cutting off her circulation. And then she it. says after, of course it was never going to be me, you idiots. Yeah. And then they start looking around. Is there another maiden in this house? And everyone blocks this door and the prince says, we want to see behind this door. And Lionel goes face to face with the stepmother mm-hmm. and he, she gives him the key which has been in her corset. In yes. her corset. And Lionel does this brilliant thing where he wipes it clean. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That was really good. Before he unlocks the door. And there's somebody at the door? No. No? They open the door <laughs> to the kitchen and there's nobody in there. I was so excited. I like that as yeah. a joke. I, I, I really that. was expecting it. And they go to leave. Yeah. And Cinderella's backed into the horse and we get the call back to the very opening. Those damned royals. Never looking where they're going. Never looking where they're going. Yes. So they reprise their lines from the beginning. And then he recognises her magically. She never tries the shoe on. No, she doesn't. Because that's the magic. Like, he has to find her as herself. Yeah. And then they kiss and Whitney Houston turns them into their wedding clothes. And then watches them from a doorway as they begin their wedding procession. Yes. More evidence that she is a vampire. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the song she sings at the end, Music in You, that's another one that's not from Cinderella, that's from another one, but they've got it in. It's cool, though. And that's that's Cinderella. Yes. What was your favourite song? My favourite song is Stepsister's Lament, because I think it's hilarious, and it's the one that I sing the most often, but it's that, and then Lovely Night. My favourite is The Prince is Giving a Ball. Is it? Okay, I can see why. Yeah. I feel like if you, so if you were, I don't think I've asked you this before on this podcast. If you were in this musical, so you get cast, you've you go never, on audition, yeah, you've never asked me and this. you get cast, who would you want to be? Who would you want to be cast as? Because I think I know who you'd be good as. I would be Lionel. Yeah. I don't, I'm not handsome enough to be a prince, true. We, we You're both more than this. handsome enough to be a prince. I would like to be Lionel. Yeah. I think it's over the top and, mm-hmm. and silly without being too much. Yeah. And he has some of my favourite moments in this. In this, And you're right, you've never asked me that before. And I think that is an interesting question. Like, yeah. I might keep that then. Yeah. Maybe I'll ask you every yeah. week. Who would you want to be? Um, I've played Cinderella before. What, this version of Cinderella? Yeah. Ah. So I've done 
that already. And shout out to my amazing brother Jake, who was the prince when I was Cinderella, <laughs> which is the worst casting choice ever. The the one with my brother, we had, we were both in a drama club when we were teenagers, and I'm two years older than him. So the younger class was an hour before my class was, and they were casting from the whole lot of us. And he's a tall, blonde, handsome boy, and so he was pretty much guaranteed to be the prince. However, I auditioned to be Cinderella or Buttons, and I figured... Buttons isn't in this. No, Buttons isn't in this version. Is he supposed to be? Yeah. Okay. But I auditioned, and I desperately wanted to be Cinderella. I'd never been a main character before. And Jake came out of his class and said, I've been cast as the prince. And I burst into tears because I thought if he's playing the prince, there's no way I can be Cinderella. And then I went in and they told me I was Cinderella and I was just stood there like, okay, how weird and strange. How did you get around certain issues in that? We just didn't touch each other for the entire thing. We danced and that was it. That's fair. There was no like kiss or anything. (laughs) But like what terrible casting. (laughs) But yeah. I would want to be one of the stepsisters. If you could do it again. Yeah. I'd be Calliope. Who was your fa- who is your favourite character? Who's your MVP? My favourite character is Bernadette Peters. The stepmother. The stepmother. Because I think she's just so fabulous. She's not playing the stepmother. She's just Bernadette Peters. I think she just showed up on set one day and they were like, you, you'll be the stepmother. Because she's... I love her. And I've seen her perform in person as well. She's really good. I'm yeah. not disputing that. I just don't think she was cast right. No, I think... I don't know how they got her to be in this. Because she's not generally a film actor. She's no. a stage actress. She was the original witch in Into the Woods. Yeah. She's been in a lot of very prolific... And she was stages. by far one of the best singers in this. Yeah. And that's saying something. Oh, we got yeah. Whitney Houston involved. But I think she has a stage voice. Whitney Houston has a... Um, and you can definitely see voice. you've shown me other versions of those songs where they're very different to how Whitney Houston mm-hmm. my my MVP is Lionel yeah I Jason can't Alexander. not he was brilliant he did so much with so little mm-hmm. without ever feeling too over the top mm-hmm. and I think he that's really, really catches important. any scene that he's in yeah he's the main person that you're looking at exactly and he doesn't do too much with things so he could really still focus when he's taking the girls off the prince mm-hmm. he doesn't he just walks past Yep. The only times he steals focus really are when he's falling off the ladder. Which is hilarious. Which is the joke of the whole scene. Or yeah. when he's ditched the stepmother yeah. at the dances on the floor and the king says, the queen says, who's Who is that? that? Oh, it's Lionel. But it's small moments. It's his, his jokes, yeah. yes. It's not like he's stealing focus from so much, from the prince's joke where the prince is beckoned for someone else. Mm-hmm. That's the prince's joke. Lionel and he so easily focus. could have. Yes. Yeah. So, your streak is coming to an end. I know. I know you didn't enjoy this. I I looked at you a couple of times while this was on, and you were so intensely focused, and you had, like, no facial. You had Brandy's facial expression. (laughs) So I know that you didn't like this. I gave it half a star. Oh, no. (laughs) I preferred Love Never Dies to this. Oh. And I said last week, I said at the end, I'm so pleased that I'm on a streak. you're I'm on doing a streak. Well. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. That's fine. I feel like I have a lot of nostalgia attached to this. I was braced for this. We were playing Animal Crossing New Horizons last night with Mm -hmm. your best friend, Laurie. Yep. And you said, oh, guess what we're watching? Yeah. Cinderella. Mm -hmm. And I think she thought you meant the Disney one first. Yes, she did. And Laurie is a Disney princess. That is her job. Mm-hmm. She has dressed up as Cinderella, amongst other She's Disney princesses. She's a fantastic princesses. Cinderella. Go follow her on at Princess Laurienne on Instagram, because yes. she's amazing. And I think she, she looked at me over Zoom, shocked that I had not seen Cinderella. Yes. And then I explained. You said to her, no, it's the other version. Yeah. And her response was, the really bad... Yeah. Musical version. You're like, that's the one. It's trash, okay? I accept that, but it's great. It's a fun ride. So I'd braced myself for the worst. She said she loved it. It was mm-hmm. like, the, the really, so bad, it's good. So I thought, yeah. okay, this could go either way. Mm-hmm. Here's my issue with it. It's paint by numbers Cinderella. Yeah. It offers nothing new to the story. Like you said... It's difficult to change Cinderella, because Cinderella is Cinderella. Yes, and interestingly enough, Andrew Lloyd Webber... Well, I was going to say this. He's got one that was due to come out now. What can he possibly add that's been missing? From what I've seen and read, I've no interest in seeing this version. But from what I've seen and read about it, it's bad Cinderella. So she's... we even heard something on Elaine Page. Yeah. They previewed one of the songs. And I didn't like it. I've said a few times where they should have done this instead or they could have done this. Yeah. There's so much they could have done. For instance, having it be that this magic wasn't actually magic. And it's just her confidence. It's her confidence. That would be cool. I like that idea. And this is the thing. There's so much you could actually do with Cinderella Mm. to change it. I like the idea that the prince is Princess Jasmine, not happy with this royal life, but nothing's done with it, bar mm. one or two mentions of it. Yeah. So that's something... I, we probably won't at any point watch the stage version of The Little Mermaid. No. Because there isn't a filmed version, to my knowledge. We watched a kind watched of film concert. version because it was... The, the 30th anniversary of mm-hmm. the film, and it had the film spliced with performance. Yeah, however, in the stage version of it, the same pressure is on Eric to get married yes. as the prince in this. He's very much the same sort of personality. Well, most Disney princes are, and I know this isn't Disney, but that's how most princes are in these sort of worlds. Right, but with the plot line that they follow in The Little Mermaid... Because, obviously, Ariel can't speak. The prince is looking for this girl with a voice. Yes. So in order to find him a wife, they throw a singing competition, the same as the ball. They invite Mm -hmm. all of the young ladies of the land who can sing. And Ariel goes, knowing full well that she can't sing, all of these young ladies are singing for the prince, and she walks forwards and she dances with him instead. And he has a line where he says, it's not about her voice anymore. She's confident. She's showing me the way that she can talk to yes. me. And that's such an interesting... Because then you can see he's falling in love with her for her. Yes. If they'd done that with this Cinderella, exactly. how but cool if, would that have been? If this moment where Whitney Houston said at the end, he fell in love with your personality, not your looks, 
And it was and there was some kind of revealed that yeah. you were never in this tremendous ball gown. You were you. Yeah. You could do different things. The fact that this doesn't even touch on the slicing off the toes like Into the Woods does. Yeah, because it can't be dark because it's Disney for TV. But this wasn't... But again, there's moments like that where I just think... Yeah. I understand why you you're don't You're not like doing credit to a story that's been done so many times already. Mm-hmm. We did watch the Kenneth Branagh version and it's the same old formula. Oh, yeah. And it's a fun film, you know, very film. well acted with Helen Bonham Carter, mm-hmm. etc. But there's... It's a story that's been done so many times the same old way. Yeah. What more can be added to it? This is just paint by numbers. Mm-hmm. And the acting is not very good and it just wasn't engaging. Try as I might, I sat there as much expression as Brandy, yeah. really doing my best. Just didn't like it, That's to fine. be completely honest with you. There are nice moments in it. I've mm-hmm. given it half a star because I really thought Lionel's interactions were good. Yeah. You've got you've got a really good performer in Whitney Houston mm-hmm. and in the stepmother, even though she's cast wrong. Yeah. I think there are times where even Whoopi Goldberg looks out of place, though. Yeah. And that says something when you've got a actress, the calibre of Whoopi Goldberg, who really <laughs> looks out of place. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't work for me. Okay. Well, I'm very sorry. But I do think next week is going to be far more my level. Yes. We've got something I'm tremendously excited for next week. Yes. And a little bit different, I guess. Mm, yeah, I guess so. So next week we're going to be watching a very Potter musical because Danny's never seen it. And we are both big Harry Potter fans in this yes. house. We're both Slytherins. And we're we... currently re-watching all the yeah. Harry Potters anyway. Yeah, we've been re-watching the films over the last couple of days. And so I'm really excited for you to watch the Harry Potter musical. It's one of those ones I can't believe as a big Harry Potter fan, I never yeah. watched. I was really surprised that you haven't seen it. But I'm sure we can talk about that next week. Yes. And my reasons for not watching, I guess. Yeah. So I've been aware of it for a long time. Mm-hmm. But if oh. you want to hear that, you have to come next week. You have to come next week. So we will be on Spotify, we will be on Stitcher and our OG host, Podbean. Yep. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at... It's a Musical Pod. And you can email us at itsamusicalpod at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know whether you agree with Danny. Did you hate uh, this version of Cinderella? Did you love it as a child and then grew up and watched it and thought it was a bit sort of meh? Or was it really, really important to you? Because I know for some people this film and having a black actress play Cinderella was really important to see as a child and growing up. Yes, and I can completely agree with that. Young girls growing up having a black princess to look up to must have been so important. Mm -hmm. You didn't get that in Disney until maybe 2010 with The Princess and the Frog. This is a very big deal. Yeah. And I'm sure if you are a young Disney fan Mm -hmm. watching this, you'd overlook everything. Yeah. I'm a 30-year-old man. Yes. You know. Join us in on the conversation. Yeah, let us know. Come see us next week. As we go to Hogwarts, the musical. Yes, and as usual, have a fantastic musical Monday.